Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope that you are well today. Hope it's a payday for you. Hope that you're sporting your maroon today to let everybody know where you stand. On Fridays, we wear maroon. And so I hope that you're able to celebrate Maroon Friday in the way in which you choose. It's wonderful that we live in a country that we can do that. 
We are Mississippi State Bulldogs, and uh, we're not the least bit afraid to say that. And so I encourage you, as always, to identify yourself with the winners that uh, reside here in Starkville, Mississippi. There's a lot going on. It's uh, college football weekend, obviously. We, we live for this time of year. We really do. I mean, it's exciting. And I know there has been a little bit of a malaise this week and some disappointment. We've documented that on the show. We're not going to relive that today. But, uh, you know, hope springs eternal this time of year. And uh, a very winnable game for Mississippi State against Bowling Green. We're going to preview the SEC schedule here in one of our first segments of the show. Uh, but this is a ball game, too, that Mississippi State should win handily. If we don't win this game handily, I will agree with some of those out there that would say, you know what? Maybe it's not going to go the way we hoped. This is a game that State is favored by 30-plus points in. State uh, should be able to uh, to pretty much do as they choose. This one's going to boil down to State's level of execution. It's not going to boil down to Bowling Green. Now, they've got some interesting matchups out there, as Zach Arnett pointed out. we got a couple pretty skilled wideouts, and so we're going to have to play exceptionally well. But I also think it's important, too, that this is a team that has not allowed many sacks is not throwing many interceptions. They don't turn the ball over an awful lot. So can State maybe exert their will a little bit over this team? When you look at this offensive line for Bowling Green, it should be the least talented one that we have faced so far. Now, that's not to say that we're just going to run roughshod over them. We should. But from a talent-to-talent standpoint, this game should not be close. If Bowling Green is in the game, it's going to be largely because of some inefficiency on the Mississippi State side. Now, let's give Bowling Green a little credit. They did beat Marshall last week, but they had some help from Marshall, too. So before we kind of get into the preview of the SEC weekend, let's take a quick look back at kind of the anatomy of that upset. Because as Zach Arnett made a good comment, Marshall was a toast of college football here a week ago after they beat Notre Dame. Not that Notre Dame is great this year, but still, anytime that you beat Notre Dame, that is significant, especially when you're a program like Marshall. That, that's a game they'll be talking about for decades. Hey, we beat Notre Dame. And they did. And then they go on the road and lose to Bowling Green the next week. But that's a ball game, too, that uh, Marshall jumped out right away to a 14-0 lead. And you think, you know what, hey, this is, they're going to go right down there and put this thing away. They score on the first drive of the game. They get a three and out. They go right back down and score a big play there on a 78-yard uh, touchdown pass. And I made it 14 nothing. And you think, okay, Marshall's going to blow these guys out. Then it's another three and out from the Marshall defense. And then all of a sudden, Bowling Green gets a stop. But, again, nothing going on offensively. Another three and out. And that one ended with a sack. All the way back at the Bowling Green 7. You think, okay, well, it's just a matter of time. But then, three and out from Marshall. Bowling Green puts together... Another drive here where it's essentially a three and out. They get a penalty here. So, you know, this entire first quarter, just not much is happening here. Not much is happening for Bowling Green. Marshall's next drive, they hit a big play again, 49 yards down to the Bowling Green five. It's about to be a 21-0 ball game. But, no, it's a fumble inside the five-yard line. It's recovered by Bowling Green. Another three and out. It's crazy. I mean, you start looking at these numbers, you think this, this game should have been close. Then Marshall goes three and out. Bowling Green ends the quarter with the football down 14 nothing. 
And, of course, I think we could argue probably should be 21 nothing. And then something happens here in the second quarter. Something happens, and Bowling Green finds something, which says a little bit about their coaching staff. They put together a pretty good drive here, and they go down and score. 25-yard touchdown pass to uh, Hilaire. Extra point is good. Now it's 14-7. If you're Marshall, you're thinking, wait a minute. We have outplayed these guys. Our defense has been outstanding for the full quarter. We're up a score. And, again, they pretty much dominated the quarter. Bowling Green had next to nothing in offensive yards before this second quarter drive. Marshall then puts together another big drive. They go down and score. Pretty lengthy drive here. 21-7. And again, probably should be 28-7. Bowling Green responds, puts together a decent drive themselves. It's a touchdown. And again, they hit Hilaire. 27 yards for the score. Marshall even interfered on the play. 21-14. Nothing going for Marshall on the next drive. Then Bowling Green puts it together. Drives down the field. This time they hit Kavon Kroon for the touchdown. Now it's a 21-21 ball game uh, with just a couple minutes to go in the first half. Marshall gets nothing going there. And at the break, it's 21-all. So, again, that second quarter was really, really strong uh, for Bowling Green after they did nothing offensively, absolutely nothing offensively in that first quarter. Third quarter was pretty much, you know, run by the defenses. Bowling Green comes out three and out. Marshall puts together another good drive here. They drive and drive and drive and drive and drive, and they get to the Bowling Green side of the field. It's a third and 13 play. They get 10 yards, and they're kind of in no man's land there. So fourth and three at the Bowling Green, 26. Rather than kick the field goal, and I don't know Charles Huff's personnel, they decided to run the football to get a one-yard gain, and they're stopped. So they turned over on down. So this, again, it's the second time that Marshall has turned it over in plus territory. Bowling Green puts together a drive here, gets a couple of a couple plays here, and they end up punting. Marshall puts together a nice drive again. Marshall drives down, they're driving, 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 get inside the red zone. What happens? Boom. It's a complete pass to Kalen LeBorn, who fumbles at the Bowling Green 5, and Bowling Green recovers. So now you've got three turnovers. That's what you can't do against inferior competition. You can't sit there and sit there and sit there and turn the football over. You can't give teams like that an extra chance. And so this is what they've done. That's two turnovers inside the 5, and then, of course, that turnover on downs uh, just outside the red do- red zone. And then Bowling Green goes down, and they cash in, put together a really lengthy drive here, and they score and take the lead, 28-21. Marshall, not much happens here. They end up behind the chains and end up punting. Again, we're in the fourth quarter now. Bowling Green, a three and out. Marshall puts together a good drive there and scores. <clears throat> now with under six minutes to go, it is now a tie ball game, 28-28. Bowling Green puts a drive together. Nothing going there. They end up punting. Marshall takes over at their own 26. Put together a pretty good drive here and uh, ends up being fourth and seven. They end up punting, and they pin them back at the Bowling Green one. You're thinking, okay, let's win the game of field position here. Maybe we can run some timeouts here and find a way to you know, set up a return, or perhaps a help Mary, maybe a decent field goal. In the end, they get nothing from it. Bowling Green essentially plays for overtime here rather than punt back. So it goes into overtime. And, again, this is a game you look at this and you said there's just no way 
Bowling Green should be in the game. But turnovers have made the difference. And we're going to count that turnover on downs. That's three. Three turnovers. Very first possession, of course, is Marshall's. They kick a field goal, and it's good. And then Bowling Green goes down and scores a touchdown. The very first play of Bowling Green's overtime uh, possession, they ran right for 23 yards. They thought they were in the end zone. They, they mark him down at the two, and then Matt McDonald comes through with a little pitch and catch, Tyron Keith. They win the ball game, 34-31. But, again, you go back and look at this. It's, it's a game of missed opportunities for Marshall. Bowling Green shouldn't have won the game, but they did. That's how football works. And just so you're curious, too, attendance for that game, paid attendance, 21,158. Look inside the numbers here, too. Marshall with 23 first downs. Bowling Green with 19. Uh, Net running for Bowling Green, 191. Excuse me. Bowling Green, 77. Marshall ran for 191 yards. Marshall threw it for 356. Bowling Green threw it for 300 and four touchdowns for Matt McDonald. So offensively, Marshall racks up 547 yards of offense and loses the ball game. They outgained him by 170 yards. But the big difference? Turnovers. Turnovers. Blocked a punt, if I remember correctly. You know, and so you look at all this and you begin to think, okay, you know, Bowling Green obviously was opportunistic. But Marshall essentially gave this game away. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I love Bulldog Burger Company. I love them more than a friend, and they love me right back. They will love you too. Great food at a great price and a great atmosphere. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Stark Vegas, that new patio area is fabulous. Go by and enjoy that. You got the, 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 the location there at the Lake Harbor Drive in the central Mississippi area. It's in the Ridgewood Flowood area. And, of course, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. I had somebody hit me up today and said, hey, Steve, next time I'm in town, let's go to lunch and, and break bread together at Bulldog Burger Company because I really need those spring rolls. And sometimes that's part of life, right? Sometimes, you know, we, have, we, we talk about self-care. Take care of yourself. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. Get that chocolate shake to go. Maybe you're not in the mood for a restaurant-quality hamburger, but the kids are. You can have that great BLT salad. I prefer it grilled. You may like it fried. Either way, it's going to be difficult to finish that very generous portion. Be sure and go check it out. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so let's take a quick look around the league. As you guys know, we've talked enough Bowling Green. I think you guys are prepared. I think you know who they have, what they have, what we should expect from them. So let's look at the SEC schedule. Kent State opens up the day at Georgia. That's a tough deal right there. I mean, the, the fighting flashes, of course, the, the, uh, the alma mater of one Nick Saban. They probably could use Nick Saban here in this ballgame. You know, here's the thing that I go back to when we talk about lines and things like that. You know, Georgia, there's no line on that Samford game. You know, Georgia wins 33-0. And so I mentioned this in the Jeans Page column, too. It's like, um, you know, does Georgia call the dogs off? You know, with the, it, now that we're in the middle of the SEC schedule, do you really get out there and kind of stretch your legs a little bit or do you just kind of get it done? So we'll see. But Georgia wins this game handily. You guys, Georgia's really good. I think you guys will agree with me. I felt like they should have remained number one. And I think there are a lot of people out there that are just in the, in the habit of voting Alabama number one in a preseason poll. But, uh, you know, Georgia didn't do anything in the offseason to suggest they wouldn't be good. They did lose a lot on defense. But I think Georgia has arrived. And that's easy to say in the wake of a national championship. But I think what we're seeing at Georgia now is – 
really the recruiting efforts and the culture under Kirby Smart have not taken root. Remember that first year, how much they struggled, and everybody's like, oh, it's not going to work out of Georgia. Guys, Georgia is becoming the Alabama of the East. And I know that's a little bit premature, but when you begin to look at the level of which they have recruited and the fact that they're just kind of a buzz brand right now. You know, Georgia used to go out and offer kids all over the Southeast, and, you know, Georgia offer was everywhere. You don't see as many of those offers because of the fact that kids are going to want to jump on them. And so Georgia's kind of in a position now where you got to be careful. You can't get out there and offer kids you're not willing to take. You know, Alabama does some of that sometimes. They'll offer kids, and it's really just kind of a glorified invitation to camp. But I think we've really seen the maturation of this Georgia Bulldog program. I think this is something that is sustainable. Because it's not like it's dependent on an iconic or generational type player like what we saw at Auburn with Cam Newton, right? Sometimes you have players that come along that get more out of their teammates because they elevate the culture, they elevate the expectations. And then when that player leaves, things kind of return to normal, which is what we've seen at Auburn. Now, granted, Auburn's having to live in a, in a state with the greatest dynasty in the history of college football. But I think what we're seeing here at Georgia is the names may change, but the process and the culture remains the same. I think it's good for college football. All right, Missouri's at Auburn. This is an awfully interesting game. Interesting, interesting game. I, if I'm Missouri, I'm expecting to win this game. I think Auburn's favored by a touchdown at home. This Missouri offense is capable of going in there and putting some points on Auburn. And with all this stuff going around at Auburn, I mean, there's no way that Brian Harson sleeps good at night. There's just no way. It's just not going to happen. I mean, that, that guy understands that two months from now, he's going to be out of a job unless some things change in a major way. These are the kinds of ball games that tight coaches lose, like we saw last year with Dan Mullen. Like, and I, again, I would love to know what all went on with Dan Mullen last year. Three consecutive New Year's Six games, and then and you go to Atlanta, and then you're out of a job a year later. I would love to know, even if we can't make it public, I would love to know what happened at the University of Florida. Would love to know. Because I don't buy into this whole thing as, well, we just didn't like the direction of our program. You know, if anybody's earned a mulligan, it'd be Dan Mullen. I mean, three consecutive New Year's Six and an SEC championship – SEC East Championship, excuse me, and nearly beat Alabama in the title game, and then ah, I'm not, not pleased with the direction. There's more to that story. There has to be. I'm not in any way suggesting that maybe Dan did anything improper, but there is something somewhere, something just doesn't jive with all that. And so I think Brian Harson, in many respects, is, is probably even in a more precarious situation than Dan Mullen was last year. Because there was all of this angst and all of this anger in the offseason. There was this big movement to get Harson fired. And you better believe if they had found a reason to be able to fire him with cause, they would have to get out of paying that buyout. They weren't able to do that, apparently. And now here we are. And this Auburn team has not been very good. You look at Missouri. Missouri wins opening week 52-24 against Louisiana Tech. Then they get smashed by Missouri 40-12. to and then they struggled a little bit last week against Abilene Christian. They only win the game 34-17 against an FCS opponent. And that's the kind of game Mississippi State's got to avoid. you got to go out there and get people fired up about your team again. you got to go out there and play at a high level of proficiency. But this Missouri team is capable of winning this game. I just don't believe enough 
in the Missouri defense. And I think Tank Bigsby is a guy that could be a difference maker in a game like this. And quarterback play at Auburn has been terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I tell you this, and, and maybe I'm completely wrong here. Maybe. But the evidence suggests that I'm not. Did we all misevaluate T.J. Finley? This is now two programs now. Couldn't make the plays at LSU. And the guy's got incredible arm talent. Now he's not making the plays at Auburn. So you begin to ask yourself, how bad is the situation at Auburn that the quarterback room is in such disrepair? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Could be a change this weekend. But Auburn opens up the year 42-16 winners against Mercer and then struggled and struggled and struggled at home against San Jose State. You kidding me? The Spartans? San Jose State had the lead at the half, 10-7. Just couldn't finish the deal. That does not inspire confidence, Brian Harson. But in the end, I think the Auburn running game is probably enough. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of confidence in that pick. I don't. But I tell you what, that may prove to be a better, very entertaining game. Of course, it'll be going on the same time we're playing. But it's probably something that we'll be – and we'll see the scores flash up at Davis Wade Stadium. And those of you watching at home will see that. And you'll probably maybe flip over during commercial breaks. And that's on ESPN too. So, Brian Harson, good, bad, or indifferent, the national audience is going to see that. And, of course, Mississippi State hosts Bowling Green. That's, all, that's your three eleven o'clock games. You know my feelings about this game with State and uh, Bowling Green. Florida at Tennessee. Now, this is a game that the – Having to hire a new employee sometimes is the absolute worst, right? We've all been there. If you've got your own small business, I mean, you're, you're trusting your livelihood. You're trusting your baby, your blood, sweat, and tears with somebody perhaps you don't know very well. That's why you got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How cool is that? I mean, times in the past, I've made hiring decisions when I was desperate for an employee. It's been nice to have had a partner to help me screen through some of this and make sure that I get people that fit the specific skill set I'm looking for. It's so easy to go make a free ad today at LinkedIn. Maybe you should. And then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it much easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to actually meet, interview, and ultimately hire. It's important to have the right team. It's why every small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash boneyard. That's linkedin.com slash boneyard to post your job for free. Some terms and conditions may apply. Folks in Knoxville, the longtime, uh, you know, raccoon hat wearing, Davy Crockett type folks have been waiting for for a long time because Florida has had the better of Tennessee for a while. I think we looked into that earlier a little bit this, this week, but let's just, yeah, just quickly, quickly indulge me here just a little bit. You know, this used to be the game, right? When Spurrier Sr. was in Florida, 
And Phil Fulmer was in Knoxville. Like the winner of this game won the East pretty much every year. Now, granted, the East was bad then too. That's one thing you got to look at. But guys, Florida has won five in a row in the series. And you go back for all the way back in 2005. Tennessee has beat Florida one time since 2005. And of course, they're annual opponents. So you can do the math there. The lone win was in 16, 38, 28. It's crazy, man. It is. I mean, again, this was such a back-and-forth rivalry. It was so much fun to watch. And, of course, that's the Spurrier's famous comments, you can't spell Florida Citrus without UT because they weren't going to win the East. Um, But, yeah, you look at this and you kind of get excited about this. And you begin to realize this is a game where Tennessee, under Josh Heupel, has been really good. And this is a game that I think kind of validates their efforts. And I expect them to win the game. I think Tennessee wins the game. I think the line is 10, so it's a little bit high. I think Florida covers, but Tennessee wins here. That's your CBS game at 2.30. But I really thought after Napier and the boys uh, from Gainesville beat Utah, and I think Utah's a good team. I think I, you know, maybe I was like, you know what? These guys are a little bit better than we thought. And Florida's ranked. And um, I don't know. That says a little bit maybe about the quality of college football right now. Because Kentucky got them pretty good. I mean, there was no doubt who the better team was between Kentucky and Florida. And then they only dropped six spots. And then they narrowly beat South Florida. Took a late charge to win that game, 31-28. That's not a team that I would want to take on the road to Knoxville, Tennessee. A team that's got a ton of momentum right now. They went from being unranked now. Now they're knocked on the door of the top ten. And been been very good offensively. Now, granted, they have the only good team they've played has been Pitt. But they put up 34 points on Pitt, and Pitt was a top 20 opponent at the time. I like this one. I'll be surprised if Florida wins. I do think Florida and Tennessee can match up athlete to athlete. I just think Tennessee is trending at a much higher trajectory right now. So we're going to go with the Volunteers. All right, Tulsa and Ole Miss. So the re, the uh, reunion of the Golden Hurricane and Malik Heath. That that could be interesting. Of course, that was a couple years ago, too, you know, so it's not like there's a lot of guys around that were involved in all that. But uh, Tulsa, 2-1 and one on the year, 40-37 to 37 losers at Wyoming in week one, but a very competitive game there. Northern Illinois, and we've seen those guys lately, right? <laughs> they gave Vanderbilt fits. They'll play Kentucky this week. So they beat those guys 38-35. They beat Jacksonville State 54-17. So they'll go back on the road for the first time since week one. Their quarterback, uh, Davis Bren, is a good player. And he, maybe he keeps Tulsa in this thing for a while. I just think in the end that uh, the Golden Hurricane is just not going to be able to stop that Ole Miss ground game. And we talked about that in the preseason, that you know the quarterback play at Ole Miss has not been great. And there were a lot of people that thought maybe Lane Kiffin was playing possum. And I think in hindsight, you look back and say, you know what? He was telling the truth, that nobody had really differentiated themselves enough to kind of take charge to be the starting quarterback. And so it's kind of lingered on into the season, of course. But, uh, you know, a game like Tulsa, you just line up, run the football. You should be able to out-athlete those guys. And we played them. They had a pretty good defensive front. And, of course, State wins the ball game in the Armed Forces Bowl. But uh, be interesting. Be interesting to see what happens with Malik Heath out there. I'm sure there are some players and coaches at Tulsa that, that remember him. And I remember, too, since we're speaking about fond remembrances, I remember 
many, many, many tweets and Facebook posts and message board posts labeling Malik Heath, you know, basically a thug for what happened. And I go back to all this too. Did he act appropriately? No, he did not. But it's a melee type situation and somebody comes at him, he gets free and then kicks them in the shoulder, did not kick them in the face. And, of course, this guy's a former Bulldog and now a Kurt Ole Miss Rebel. But the reality of it is there were a lot of people that had a lot of hot takes back then that will be rooting for Malik Heath this weekend. Uh, interesting juxtaposition in college football. But Ole Miss wins this game. Northern Illinois mentioned them earlier. They're going to be uh, at Kentucky. Yeah, Northern Illinois, too. It's like you look at what they've done offensively. The guys, they've been in every game. They beat Eastern Illinois, the powerhouse, 34-27. They lose 38-35 to Tulsa and then lose 38-28 to Vandy. And, you know, that, that game, they were in that game with Vandy until the very end. Playing a freshman quarterback. It, it won't work out nearly as well at Kentucky this week. I, I think Kentucky, I'm not a huge fan of this Kentucky team, but they're, they'll win this game, I think, going away. But, you know, what's interesting, too, all the things that are going on with Kentucky about this um, – this employment situation at the university hospital, that there were employees that were players that were paid for hours reportedly not worked, that they were clocked in at times that uh, they weren't working, and then they were compensated. And there was an NCAA investigation into all of that. That's awfully cute. Uh, I will commend Mitch Barnhart, Kentucky athletic director, came, came out, and he is in favor of the A-game SEC schedule, as am I. I think he's exactly right. He's exactly right when you begin to think, well, we're going to do this for more money. We're, so, we're, so basically what we're going to do, if we go to a nine-game schedule and say, well, we're going to have a little bit better TV package, but we're going to hinder the ability for you know, the bottom half schools in the conference to get to a bowl game. That's what we're going to do. And so basically you're trading TV revenue for bowl revenue, and you're trading a few extra viewers for – winning seasons for the, the bottom half of our conference. I don't think that's a, a good use of our time. Maybe I'm wrong. And people are like, ah, oh, you know, Steve, there's this. Here's the reality of the situation, guys. There are many years we need those four non-conference wins to get bow eligible. Yes, I want to be better than that. But when we're in a rebuilding or a down type year, I still want to have the opportunity to go to Memphis. Right? I mean, you think things are rough now? Imagine not going to a bowl game. It's like, oh, well, I don't like going to, you know, the smaller bowl games. I, you know, I, I would prefer to go to Florida and Vegas and all those places. But much prefer that. But I sure don't want us at home. I can promise you that. And I think that's what happens for teams like Mississippi State if we go to a nine-game conference schedule. I think we need those four wins. We don't always get them, but we need them. All right, probably the best game of the day. Arkansas and A&M at Jerry World. I love it, man. I love it. And I love this Texas A&M defense. And I think this is going to be an absolute bloodletting. A&M, just kind of looking at the numbers here, in case you've forgotten. They shut out Sam Houston State. They give up 17 to Ab State, who is a very good offensive football team, and give up nine to Miami. This is likely to be a low-scoring game. The A&M defense, especially that front, is very good. Arkansas wants to run the football. That's, you know, Sam Pittman's kind of bread and butter, right? Sam, the offensive guru, offensive line guru. They want to line up 
basically and run the old Dan Mullen scheme. We're going to run some quarterback power. We're going to throw when we have to, but we really just want to line up and we want to spread you out and get numbers in the box and beat you up with a power running game. That's the Dan Mullen formula. And so I share that because I think that this is good for Mississippi State. I think this is a great matchup for Mississippi State because these two teams are going to beat each other up. That's the, the thing about the season. It's a war of attrition. It's not about who's on your schedule. It's about who's there at the point you play. And what I mean by that is, is you never know the condition of each team after the grind of the SEC schedule. And this will be an absolute grinder of a game. I like Arkansas to win a close one. I do. And, and I know some other people out there picking A&M, and that's fine. This is essentially a toss-up. I just think Arkansas offensively is ahead of A&M. And I think that's apparent. You know, A&M just not really putting up many points. They struggled to put up points on Sam Houston State. Couldn't put up points on Miami. You know, and so Arkansas in a close one. But I think this is good. State gets A&M next week, which I expect to be a very tender A&M team. Then Arkansas plays Alabama, and we play them. So think you know, the thing that I think about is what kind of physical condition is Arkansas going to be in after having a very physical game against Texas A&M and then a very physical game against Alabama. That's part of the deal. That's just part of it. But I'll get Arkansas in a close one. Vanderbilt at Alabama. Vanderbilt's put up a bunch of points. They won't this week. I think that's apparent. And uh, I do think Vanderbilt will come out and, and have a puncher's chance the first quarter, and then that'll fade. These are the kinds of games that are endured rather than enjoyed if you're Vanderbilt. Alabama, of course, uh, you know, is a very talented team. And I don't know that they've played up to expectations this year. And, of course, we're pointing back to that Texas, Texas game, a game they likely should have lost, but they found a way to win. But offensively, they put up some big numbers in the other two games outside of that. 55 nothing against Utah State. And that Utah State team, of course, uh, big season for them last year. Then they route Louisiana Monroe 63-7 last week. This will be another one. This will be another route. And I suspect that Nick Saban will call off the dogs there later in the ballgame. Of course, they, uh, they, they travel to Fayetteville next week. And that'll be a big ballgame. And it'll be a very festive environment up there in Hogland. I think we all know that, too. The, the, the Razorback folks will think, you know what, this is our year. And, you know, Arkansas played Alabama almost as well as anybody last year. So they'll have a good game plan. But, uh, again, Vanderbilt, I think, really in over their heads this week. So, Clark Lee, this is not the year that Vanderbilt will be the best football program in the country. All right, New Mexico is at LSU. And I think we're going to see a, very, a rejuvenated and focused LSU team. Now, what's interesting, Keishon Butte will be out this Saturday for LSU. Um, he is now father, and so he's going to spend the weekend. And, and here's the thing, too. LSU didn't need him to beat us last week, except for maybe as a decoy of sorts. He didn't have a big game. We did a great job defending him. But they certainly won't need him against New Mexico. And New Mexico, 2-1 and one in the Mountain West, out of the Mountain West, excuse me, they blow out our friends, the Black Bears of Maine, in week one, 41-0. They lose uh, to Boise, 31-14. Then they beat UTEP, 27-10. They won't beat LSU, but I won't be the least bit surprised if it's a game for a little bit. 
But I think right now what you're going to see with LSU is I think LSU may have turned the corner a little bit. I think LSU needed something to feel good about themselves, and I believe they have that now. And, of course, they're at home again this weekend. So uh, that's a 6.30 kick on the SEC Network Plus. And then the final game of the evening, Charlotte, the 49ers, will head into Columbia, South Carolina. Now, Charlotte might be good in their own conference. They haven't been good at anybody's conference so far. They did pick up a big win last week on the road. They opened up losing to Florida Atlantic 43-13. They beat Bill and Mary 41-20. Excuse me. They lose to Bill and Mary. And then they lose to Maryland 56-21. So an 0-3 start. Again, lose to FAU, lose to Bill and Mary, lose to Maryland. And they beat Georgia State at Georgia State. You know, Georgia State early on this year was pretty cool, right? Like, hey, look at the Panthers, right? Georgia State... One of those teams you look at, and you're kind of in hindsight, and you say, you know, these guys are out here competing. And they gave South Carolina and North Carolina both a scare, mainly North Carolina. And then they lose to Charlotte, and they lose to Coastal. So they're 0-4. But, you know, I'm sure the folks in Charlotte were just kind of happy to get a W there. But, um, you know, the reality of it is the Charlotte team is not going to be much competition for South Carolina. It's a huge line. South Carolina should cover uh, Shane Beamer in the paper a little bit this week, uh, and maybe unfairly so. You know, apparently there was some uh, ceremony and they didn't notify the coaching staff or whatever, and, and uh, Shane's caught up in the flow of the game or whatever and, and, and barked some things and then made some apologies. And, you know, there's a lot that goes on down there. And, you know, we have these ceremonies to honor people because they're, 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 we're not having the time out to have the ceremonies. We have the ceremonies because there is a stoppage in play due to TV time. And there's some people that feel differently. They think, oh, we'll get these people off the field. Let's play the game. Well, I mean, the game's not – whether we have the ceremony or not, the game's not going to continue until the ESPN folks are back, right? And so there was a little bit there, too. It's a kind of an unfortunate situation. You know, it's just, again, Shane caught up in the flow of the game and kind of lost sight of what was going on and hurt some people's feelings. But he did apologize for it. Uh, Shane also had the issue, um, you know, after the Georgia game, you know, where he – made some comments that, uh, you know, some people didn't understand or didn't, didn't appreciate. And the reality of it is uh, somebody asked, did your team quit? You know, and, and uh, here's the thing that I'll say about Shane Beamer. The guy's an ultimate competitor. The guy's always going to stand up for his guys. He is 100% locked in to South Carolina football. And so when people question the efforts of South Carolina, he's going to respond. And it may not be the way you want it to Right? I mean, Shane's going to be Shane. And so, wish them the best. They'll win this weekend, and uh, they'll win going away. I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, So, here are your winners for this week. Georgia, Auburn, and I don't have a lot of confidence in it, but I'm going with it. Georgia, Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, and South Carolina. And, and, and it's not a great schedule. Florida, Tennessee, the, the, the one thing I'll say about that, it's not a great schedule, but there are is, is at least one game of intrigue, basically, all the way until we get into the evening. Missouri-Auburn will be interesting. Florida-Tennessee will be interesting. Arkansas-A&M will be interesting. Everything else, the league should hold the chalk here. I think we would all agree with that. Should be a good week for the SEC against, you know, non-conference opponents. But, um, you know, the SEC games, the head-to-head SEC games this weekend – should prove to be awfully interesting. 
All right, time for today's top 10 list brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is a mortgage professional. Many of you have mortgage needs. Perhaps it's somewhat intimidating at times, and it can be because it's a very convoluted process. It's good to have somebody that knows the ins and outs of underwriting to be able to go advocate for you to get your loan approved and closed. Blair Chandler works for Fairway Mortgage, recently voted number one in customer satisfaction. And here's the thing, too. Uh, coffee is for closers. Blair basically stays awake all the time because he drinks so much coffee. There's so much available because this guy closes loans. Top 1% close ratio in the nation, back-to-back years. 21 years of experience in the industry. Give him a call or text today at his personal number, 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Mention to Blair, you heard about him on the Boneyard, and he will pay for your appraisal. How about that? That's text, call, email, whatever. Just say, hey, Blair. I heard about you on the boneyard, want to pursue an opportunity here with you, and that appraisal is about a $500 value. He takes care of that for you. Nice to keep it in the family, right? I like doing business with Bulldogs whenever I can. I do. I like to be successful. I want my friends to be successful. And if I've got to go spend money, I, want, I would like to make sure that it goes to Bulldog fans that are going to buy season tickets and buy Mississippi State merch and give to the initiative and give to the Bulldog Club. If we're going to do business, let's do business with Bulldogs. When we can. And again, that's Blair Chandler, 601-500-2344. Okay, today's top 10 list. We're stepping outside of the rock for a little while. Roy thought we should change it up today, so we have. And uh, I am not a big country music guy. I'm not. There was a time in my life I absolutely detested country music. And I can't, I can't say there have been many times in my life that I've sat down in my car and said, you know what, let's put on some country. It's just not my thing. I do appreciate it, though. There, and I think guys like Brantley Gilbert are very, very talented. And there's this uh, new bro country, I guess. It's got a bass line. And as Logan Lowry says, any song that says, girl, is bro country. Well, we're going to step outside of our comfort zone today. I reached out to a handful of people and took their nominations for the day's top 10 list, and we're going with a young country music superstar. It's Morgan Wallen. I know many of you love it. I know on the, on the reels these days, there's a song out there. I don't know who sings it, but he talks about it. He was downtown at a bar, met this girl that likes tattoos of Morgan Wallen. So Morgan Wallen not only doing a great job getting shout-outs on other artists' songs. So got several, several, several nominations, and so I took those and, and made this list. I listened to a handful of these just to make sure. All right, number 10 on our list is Don't Think Jesus. Don't Think Jesus, number 10. Number 9, and this, there's, I don't remember who did this, but there's like a remix out there of the number 9 song with uh, Warren G. I don't know who did it. The guy showed his wife dancing around singing to it, which was great. Um, but it's chasing you. Number nine, Chasing You from Morgan Wallen. Number eight, Cover Me Up. Pretty good song there, too. I didn't like it as much as some of the other ones, but it's a good track. And it was nominated by multiple people, so Cover Me Up. Number seven, Thought You Should Know. Thought You Should Know. And lyrically, that's one of the stronger songs that I've listened to. Number six is You Proof. You Proof, number six. Number five, Somebody's Problem. Number four, The Way I Talk. 
we all get, you know, we're from the South, right? I don't know that I have the same uh, maybe Southern twang that many of you do. But I'm proud to be from Mississippi and proud to be from the South. Number three, a song that should be near and dear in the hearts of all Mississippi State baseball fans. It was the walkout song of one R.J. Yeager, who was our best player last year. It's Whiskey Glasses. It's a song, you know, I'm going to need some whiskey glasses because uh, I don't want to see the truth. Relationships over, let me go get drunk. Kind of a common refrain in country music, right? It's like, I remember the old joke years ago, and maybe you young bucks haven't heard it. You know, there was, there was all this back masking and all these allegations, like you play records backwards and there's supposed to be subliminal messages and things like that. And of course, there were very few of those. And I remember the, um, the contemporary Christian group Petra actually included some back masking on one of their records because a lot of people uh, in the religious right just didn't think Petra was who they claimed to be. And so when you played the Petra album backwards, it said, why are you looking for the devil when you should be looking for the Lord? So touche, Petra. But the way they, uh, the joke went is what happens when you play a country music record backwards? It's a good question, right? They said, well, you get your dog back, your truck back, and your girl back. I guess your, your job back. So funny. But whiskey glass is number three. Number two, Wasted on You. That's a good song. I mean, even if you don't like country music, I have to admit, that one's really, really strong. But number one, and again, it's just kind of celebrating being from the South, man. Number one, and to be honest with you, of the four people I asked, three of the four had this number one. The fourth one had it number two. So I feel pretty confident that we're on the right track here. It's the song Sand in My Boots, number one, Morgan Wallen. So there you go. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out and let me know. Better yet, hit up Roy on Twitter at Dogmatic67, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7, Dogmatic67. You can also find our great list on Spotify and listen to those. Many of you have reached out to me and say, you know what, Steve, I travel sometimes and um, spend a lot of time on the road, and I get done with podcasts, and I'm looking for some tunes to hear, and I've enjoyed the list. You know, I've had some maybe some, some artists that I knew a couple songs from, but we put these lists together, and you become more familiar with the catalog. So we're happy to provide that service for free, of course. The same price that you pay for the Boneyard, you pay for the Spotify list, which is nothing. And I want to thank Roy. Roy's a great guy, man, does a great job. And takes a lot of detail and takes a lot of interest in making sure we get this right. And, like, Roy always wants a list to do well. So, like, if we have a list that uh, maybe doesn't do exceptionally well when it comes to impressions and listens, he'll say, hey, look, we need to shake it up this week and do this and do that. And so sometimes we hit a rut, man. Sometimes we hit a rut and, you know, maybe we don't get over 10,000 listens or 10,000 impressions. But uh, other times we do. So we decided to change it up and do some country today. We used to do Country Music Fridays. We used to do Rock Mondays, uh, R&B on Wednesdays, and then Country on Fridays. And I'll be honest with you, our R&B list have, have, have tremendously underperformed. I think our best one was uh, when we did the Best of the 504. I think that's our best one, I think. But uh, you guys like the old school rap. You don't like the new stuff know what to say i don't like the new stuff either but morgan wallen and many of you probably thought you'd never hear that on the show but there you go your top 10 morgan wallen songs is voted on by my friends and relatives that are country music fans so there you go because i want to do these lists justice right i don't have time to listen to the whole catalog of morgan wallen and then rank 10 
So I reached out to people that I thought were more experts. So there you go. Next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. I love Campus Bookmart. I love them before they sponsor the show. And I'll be honest with you, many people have reached out and said, you know what, Steve, I'd never been to Campus Bookmart until they started advertising on your show. Miss Kathy Brown has told me the best advertising they have ever done as a business in their history has been on this show. And that is a tribute to all of you. So thank you very much for supporting Campus Bookmart. They have become many people's first stop when it comes to looking for Mississippi State merchandise. The Bully Shop completely renovated. It's all upstairs now. The greatest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in and on universe. Go by and check them out when you're in town. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50. Absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, you may not be aware of this. I know a lot of our fans, it's like we kind of stick with the top four. You know, we, we football, baseball, men's basketball, women's basketball. We've had a lot of success, obviously, women's basketball here as of late. But i tell you this. Our women's sports at Mississippi State are thriving. Now, we expect to be pretty good in women's basketball this year. We do. We had a chance to make tournament last year. We just kind of ran out of gas late, and I think Doug Novak and the group did a great job getting the most out of that team. But I, I think we're going to be really good this year. I think Sam and the fact that we'll have some depth will help tremendously. And let's not forget our softball ladies hosted a Super Regional. They win the Florida State Regional and then host Arizona here, and we're you know, a couple wins away from going to the Women's College World Series. And then we look at what's happened in volleyball. You know, last year, Mississippi State was one of those teams people did not want to play. A historic year at Mississippi State. This year, the ladies are off to an 8-3 and three start. They opened up uh, beating Milwaukee and South Bend, Indiana. Then they beat Notre Dame, and, and we're, we're sweeping through those, right? We go to Lipscomb, and we, we, take, we, we win three against Lipscomb. We win the match against Oklahoma. We win against Ball State. Win against Kennesaw State. Then we finally lose to Houston in our place, right? And then we sweep South Alabama. And so you start looking at this. You're like, wow, that's, you know, beating some really good teams here, beating some big-time programs, you know, some Power 5 programs. We go to Michigan and have a difficult weekend up there. We lose to Bowling Green 3-2. I hope that's not a harbinger of things to come. And then we lose to Michigan 3-1. Well, we bounce back after that road trip, and we take care of Georgia 3-1. The ladies be back in action on Wednesday against Auburn. But Julie Darty, her group doing a good job here. 8-3 overall, 1-0 in the conference. And again, one of the more difficult outs in the country. And I suspect we, we could go back and play that Michigan weekend again. Maybe we'd feel a little bit differently about things. But uh, I commend the volleyball staff for being willing to go on the road and go play in some difficult environments. So great start to the season. And I don't know if you've kept up with soccer. I, I am a, uh, I, I'm a, a U.S. men's national team fan. I don't watch the Premiership or any of that. I don't watch MLS. I don't. I do watch the men's team. They had a disappointing loss to Japan. But uh, our ladies are outstanding. Undefeated through 10 matches this year. Now, there was a time we could win eight or nine matches a year. 
We're 8-0-2 right now. Open up the year with a 4 9 excuse me, a 2 nothing exhibition win over Sanford, and we beat Southeastern 4 nothing. We, we go to Miami to take on the Hurricanes, and that ends up in a draw. We go to Florida International. We beat them 3-1. And that's basically, you know, it's like beating by somebody by 20 points football. We beat Lipscomb 2 nothing. You may recall Lipscomb beat us in the first ever NCAA tournament game held on the Mississippi State campus a couple years back. Lipscomb is a very solid mid-major type program. It's a good win for us. We beat Minnesota. The Golden Gophers come to Starkville and go home with a loss. And then we tie South Alabama. And that was a game there, too. We had a ton of shots. We just couldn't finish. We get Louisiana Tech 2-1. We go to Southern Miss and beat them 2-0. We host Presbyterian here in town and beat them 4-0. Arkansas, SEC play, we get them 2-0. And then we take down Texas A&M in College Station last night. The deciding goal was an on goal. We put a lot of pressure on them. We get it down there. Next thing you know, they put it in the net for us. So we win. The ladies back in action this Sunday, 6.30 p.m. against LSU. Now, anytime that you pick up an SEC win, it's big. But when you get a team like LSU that uh, is always going to have athletes they're always going to have opportunity to compete at a high level. That's big. I mean, this is, you know, this is a program, obviously, that maybe has more resources than we do. And not that we haven't committed some here as of late, but the LSU Tigers 7-1-2. and two, So, just one loss on the year. So, this will be a game that, um, you know, we got to play really well. Their long loss on the year was at Rutgers, who was number six in the country. So a quality Tiger team coming to Starkville. If you're in the area on Sunday, maybe go out to the MSU soccer field and uh, bring your support. The uh, LSU Tigers also undefeated 2-0 in conference play. So I uh, want to give a shout-out to those teams because the Boneyard, you know, we, we are an equal opportunity lover of all things Mississippi State. And so I bring that out because I think it's important to understand Maybe kind of unbeknownst to you, our ladies' sports are doing outstanding. And a lot of times we measure just on how women's basketball does because that's our, our level of interest. And, and I, I get that too. But the reality of this is, is that um, our coaching staff on the soccer team and the volleyball team are both doing outstanding jobs. So don't let that maybe go without a mention. You know, sometimes we, we talk about it on the uh, – on the Twitters. But the reality of it is, is uh, these ladies deserve your support. Speaking of women's basketball, we open up the year November 9th, and that's going to be at Mississippi Valley State. We haven't gone through the schedule. Let's, let's do it real quickly here. Mississippi Valley State, and then we get North Alabama, and then we go to South Dakota State. So we start off with a couple of games that should be gimmies. South Dakota State, far from that. Going on the road, playing a team that is routinely in the NCAA tournament. We come back for Alabama State, Colorado State. Then we go to Puerto Rico to play Georgetown and Nebraska. So we're going to get tested pretty early on there. I mean, again, neither of those teams are expected to be Final Four participants, but, um, you know, they're basketball schools in many respects. We get uh, Louisiana Monroe here and then Grand Blaine State, Texas A&M Commerce, Florida A&M. So not a great non-conference schedule. A lot of winnable games there, and we, and we probably need that to kind of get things rolling. 
Then we'll head out to the Suncoast Challenge in Tampa, take on Old Dominion in New Mexico. Then it's time for conference play. We open up on the road at Vanderbilt, and we get Ole Miss at home very early this year. That's January 1st, New Year's Day. What a better way to ring in the new year than beating the Ole Miss Rebels. Then we go to Tennessee, who is expected to be very good. And then we get South Carolina. So you, you may see this, and you know, Vanderbilt's been an upstart too. You know, we, we may get off to a difficult start in the conference schedule. But from there, a lot of meaningful games, a lot of winnable games. But uh, we play in a Southeastern Conference. There's never an easy schedule. But I think it's important to understand Sam Purcell, I believe, was the right guy for this job. I don't think there's any question. He's put together a great staff. Uh, maybe a year or two away from having the talent that he wants to be able to compete at a level that we are hosting again. But the reality of it is, is I think we're going to play a very exciting brand of basketball. And again, our non-conference RPI is not going to be strong, but we play in a Southeastern Conference, and so that will kind of measure itself against each other. So I, I look forward to the season, and many of you do as well. But I wanted to take some time to talk about our women's sports on here because we don't always talk about that. And when you look at the soccer stuff and you say, well, yeah, they're undefeated, and you get a couple of games into it and say, yeah, they're undefeated. Well, 10 games into it, now they're undefeated. Now it's time to get excited. And maybe soccer's not your thing, but maybe Mississippi State is. And so I encourage you, even if you don't attend games, if you don't take the time to watch them, at least maybe give them a social media mention, you know, when, when you follow the official accounts or whatever. Maybe share that. You know, I think the young ladies deserve some exposure to be credited for their, their efforts. But I think when you look at, you know, historically, and I don't say this necessarily as a criticism, but I guess in some respects I do, there was a time in our university's history where women's sports was basically an afterthought. We didn't really commit to the resources. We didn't, you know, I don't know how we really remained Title IX compliant in many respects because all of the money that we put for facilities more times than not went to football and baseball, and in some respects basketball. But we didn't do an awful lot for those Title IX sports. But you look at the fact we built this new clubhouse uh, for soccer. We're building this new uh, clubhouse for softball. You know, there's a lot going on now. And I think you're starting to see the Mississippi State women's sports take root. And, again, give Vic Schaefer and them a lot of credit for what they did on the women's side of things. I mean, the expectations now for women's basketball have changed tremendously. A lot of people now, it's like, well, we're used to winning. I don't want to go back to where women's basketball was an irrelevant sport, and I don't think Sam Purcell is going to allow that to happen. I admire his energy and the fact that he's out there on the recruiting trail chasing some of the biggest names in all of college basketball. Because we have won here again, and we will win here again. We have won here, and we will win again. I don't think there's any question about it. So, a uh, tip at the cab to everybody involved in Mississippi State Women's Athletics. And, uh, again, they're worthy of your support. There's no question about it. And, again, you, you might find that you love something. I, uh, one of my friends, Kenny Manning, told me that, uh, you know, he had never been to a Mississippi State Women's Softball game, and then his daughters had a real interest in going, and they tried not to miss he said, it's so exciting. It's, it's, it's become one of their favorite sports to follow. And I think that is incredible. Uh, it, sometimes we get kind of – and I'm the same way. I mean, I'm an addict, right? So I get, I'm a creature of habit. And so it's easy to kind of get in my routine. It's nice to find something maybe off the beaten path, kind of outside the normal comfort zone that you can get excited about. And I can tell you this. When we, uh, we covered uh, soccer extensively that year, we had, had an intern, uh, Daniel Black, that um, – help cover soccer for us 
and the year that State hosted an NCAA tournament game. And so we, we, we covered that game. And I remember thinking how cool this was for the very first time in school history that we're hosting an NCAA tournament game. And we lost, but it was still pretty, pretty cool to be able to do that. And then, you know, we had a coaching change and people wondered, you know, well, maybe that's the end of this. That's just not the case. Staff's doing a great job, doing a great job. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by Portico. I've told you guys before, if I was moving to Starkville now, this is where I would move. I would move to Portico. Very conveniently located a campus just 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. You could run there if you're so inclined. And it's, it's a stop. Like everybody can stop by Grandma and Grandpa's house on their way to the game. And maybe Grandma keeps the kids so everybody can just go and enjoy the game, whatever. Or maybe it's a family function. But either way, the convenience to campus makes Portico the absolute right choice for you. And you're tucked away in a neighborhood. It's not like you're right up there on Highway 12. You're, you're a little bit removed from that and uh, kind of tucked away in there. You take the turn off 82 on a 12 like going to campus. The very first ride is Pat Station Road. Go through the four-way stop, Boomer's Portico. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. You'd be glad you did. Whether it's your primary residence, your second home, your ballgame weekend retreat, or your future retirement home, Portico has a way to fit your needs. And here's the deal. Brooks Bryan, our friend, love Brooks, love his contributions to Mississippi State, love his passion for Mississippi State athletics, wanting to make Starkville an even better place to live. Give Brooks a call or text today to get more information about Portico at 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. He'll give you more information. And if your real estate agent hasn't mentioned Portico to you, maybe you should ask why. Because to me, the choice is obvious. It's Portico. I live out in the sticks. I would love to be able to be that close to campus. You say, well, Steve, why don't you move? What's a little more complicated than that? But all that being said, maybe it's the time for you. You've always wanted to have a place in Starkville. Now's the time. Reach out, get some information. I tell you, if you're the person, I promise you, maybe you're in a, uh, you know, a mutually maroon relationship, and you say, hey, I, I reached out to Brooks Bryan and got some information. You know, we could move to Starkville for this. We could do this. While that person may not admit it, once you get the information, dreams begin to run wild. So reach out today and make Portico your next move. All right, let's talk a little recruiting. We hadn't done that recently. There's kind of been a bit of a lull because, you know, State got hot there in the summer. We're in season now, and a lot of guys are in football mode to themselves, so they're not, um, they're not thinking commitment. There are a few that are. But by and large, right now, it's, it's, we're kind of in a holding pattern, for the most part, for two months. You're not going to see a lot of commitments nationally. Uh, there may be some guys that take visits and jump on board with all that. But uh, the reality of it is is that uh, not going to see a lot of commitments. Now, I shared with you guys on Wednesday how difficult it is to get players to campus for these early morning kicks on Saturday, especially for non-conference games. I learned midweek, Itawamba Agricultural High School Safety, arguably the top player in the state of Mississippi. I think it's him or Git Perkins. And uh, Ty Jones is right in the mix there, too. Ty Jones didn't get enough credit. But that's what happens. A lot of times guys commit early and they kind of lose their hype. Ty Jones is an outstanding football player absolutely outstanding but I've got tie number three in my personal rankings but uh, I, I go back and forth with Git Perkins and uh, Isaac Smith but Isaac Smith is uh, going to be in Mississippi State tomorrow now he's going to play a football game on Friday night he's going to go to bed he's going to get up and he's going to make a drive to Starkville 
You'll interact with your coaches, be able to go out there on the field prior to the game, be able to go in the locker room after the game if he so chooses. But I think the fact that Isaac Smith is here this weekend is significant. There's also some discussion that he's going to be here next weekend. And then we'll see what happens the next weekend. But Isaac Smith in the beginning was considered to be a guy that uh, Mississippi State didn't have much of a chance with. A lot of people said, well, you know, Steve Knopp, you know, his dad's an Ole Miss Rebel. He's going to go to Ole Miss. Well, you know, Ole Miss hasn't proven to have been much of a factor with him the last couple months. Not exactly sure what happened. Maybe they don't share in our evaluation. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to come back in a couple of years and say that I was right. Isaac Smith is an excellent football player. I think he is a future NFL guy. No matter where he goes to college, I think this guy, provided he stays healthy and works hard, is going to be a, a player in the National Football League. But the fact that he's going to play a football game tonight and then get up and be there to watch us play Bowling Green tomorrow as an unofficial visitor, I think that says a lot about his level of interest. Why would he be here to watch us play Bowling Green? It's not like we're playing Alabama. It's not like we're playing Georgia. We're playing Bowling Green, and he's making the effort to be here. And I think that is important. And then there's a talk about him coming back the next week. He's going to spend back-to-back weekends in Starkville. And as I mentioned, you know, in the beginning, we were thought to be a non-factor. He comes to the 707 camp, has a great day, looks exactly like you would expect an SEC guy to look. Then he comes back for the SummerSlam event with his family. Now he's coming back to another ball game. You know, it's like, so, you know, we talk about you judge people based on their actions rather than their words. I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, I like Mississippi State. Well, are they coming to games? Are they coming to our recruiting events? If they're not, you got to question their level of interest. But when you've got a guy with this level of offer sheet, and he could go anywhere, you don't think that you know Georgia, Texas A&M, and other schools are wanting Isaac Smith at their ball game this weekend? I'm sure the folks at Ole Miss would like to have him up there too. And instead, he's choosing to come to see Mississippi State play Bowling Green at 11 a.m. in the heat of the day. That's a head and a half for you right there. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think this is over by any stretch, but I, I've had my crystal ball in for Mississippi State for a few weeks now. The fact that State's losing three, possibly four safeties, means that Isaac Smith will have an opportunity to compete to play day one and potentially start day one. I think he recognizes that. I think Mississippi State's done a good job, too, kind of – illustrating the fact that, you know what, hey, we've got some pretty talented safeties. But I don't know that any of those guys are as physically gifted as, as Isaac Smith is right now. I think when you think about what Isaac Smith can be two years into a college weight room, it's exciting. But he's going to be here. Unless something changes. But uh, that's a plan. You know, uh, and, I, and that, that excites me. And I, I suspect that you guys, maybe you're somewhat unfamiliar with, um, you know, with maybe the recruiting cycle this year, most of the top players in the state have already committed. Isaac Smith is the top undeclared player in the state of Mississippi, and it's really not close. But he'll be here. And we'll have some commitments around him. Not a, not a ton of guys, because a lot of those guys are going to make the trip next weekend. Because, you know, Rock Vegas is next weekend, Right. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, with A&M coming in next weekend and to be in an afternoon kick, 
you know, we'll have uh, guys can come in. You know, they can sleep in a little bit on Saturday, come in, cover the game, watch a game, and then be able to get home at a decent hour. But Isaiah Alexander is going to be here. Isaiah Alexander from Tupelo, if, if you, you know, he dropped a bunch of weight in the offseason. And he was good last year. He was good. And you think, okay, well, what's he going to look like when he cuts 25, 30 pounds off? Go look at his huddle video, if you hadn't recently. The guy's playing the best football of his life. And that's what you'd expect as a senior. But he has committed himself to physical fitness. He is in the best shape of his high school career. And rather than just kind of get out there and lean against the defense and shove and push a little bit, he's a lot more mobile now. I'm excited about him. I feel better about this commitment at any point. And I never expected him to go anywhere other than Mississippi State. But I think now that he's committed to Mississippi State, now he can focus on the, on, on the Golden Wave, right? He can focus on Tupelo High School football. I think you're seeing that. Uh, let's see here. LaKendrick James, linebacker from Northside High School, expected to be here this weekend. Now, he's a guy, too. You know, we've already got you know, Tobias Hedden. you got Ty Jones. You know, you've you got some guys committed to linebacker, and you begin to think, okay, well, where does he fit? You know, I think this boils down to what are going to be is, – is there a best available on defense? You know, we've got to really commit some scholarships on the defensive side of the football to the secondary. Got a couple guys already, but we, you know, we again with the loss of some safeties, and maybe perhaps we need to hit the portal there too. But Lakendrick James is a guy that's is still in the mix. I don't get the sense that state is pushing him. Uh, I know that he w- had wanted to commit back in the summer. I got the sense that they wanted to wait and kind of see some senior film. But he will be here this weekend, and I think that's again an important development, you know, because of the fact that um, you know he's a guy that. Uh, has an offer from Mississippi State. Is it committable right now? I don't think so. But he's still enough in the conversation for us to at least consider that. I think that's something to consider as you kind of move forward here. And um, I think it's important, too, to kind of understand that uh, this state is going to have some late bloomers because of the fact that um, we haven't been able to track these guys. Maybe perhaps the way we have – you know, in, in recent years. Because, you know, you didn't have anything going on in 2020. And then, you know, 2021, you kind of get caught up a little bit. But um, a lot of times you identify these guys as underclassmen and then watch them develop. And, and so, as a result, I think you're going to see some players that kind of pop up late. It's so difficult to make yourself as a senior. But I think there are some guys out there that will be kind of given that opportunity because based on their senior film. And so I think it's important – there may be another in-state offer or two before we're done. Does that make sense to you? Let me throw a name out at you. In-state, Northside High Schooler, and Northside's got some dudes. Ricardo Butler could be a defensive back to watch. That guy's an outstanding athlete. Brandon Brown, wide receiver at Northwest Rankin. That's a guy to watch. You guys know about Javion Butler from Scott Central, currently committed to Southern Miss. I'm a fan. We'll see what happens late with him. I wouldn't be the least bit upset about taking him, though. I can promise you. I would have offered him back in March, to be quite honest with you. That's what, that's what I would have done. Not my decision. But I like his game. So kind of watch that as we kind of move forward. Don't be surprised if you see some late offers late for in-state prospects. And I say that, and it's not because we've struck out somewhere else. I think there are some guys that just have a little more to prove 
And maybe there are guys you considered offering in the spring and summer, but maybe you wanted just to kind of gather a little more information. I think that's kind of where we are. And so don't be surprised if you see another offer or two late to an in-state prospect. And some of those guys will be on campus. I believe Ricardo Butler will be here this weekend. I believe that's the case. All right, let me give you guys a bit of a Rock Vegas update. Uh, It's been great, I tell you. This has been a really good week of sales. And um, many of you have just kind of reached out and said, Hey, Steve, I heard what you said on the show. And so I'll buy the tickets and you donate them. And so here's what we're doing today. So after I get the show posted, we're going, I'm going to print these tickets out. And then we're going to deliver tickets to the reflector. And every kid that's on the staff of the reflector will have the ability to get a ticket because I want to support young journalism. I want to support young writers and thanks to the generous donations of many of you, because this is all going through Eventbrite. But what's happened is people are buying the tickets and then emailing me the tickets and I'm going to print it out and I'm going to give it to every one of those kids with the understanding is even if you don't want to go, you give it to somebody that does because we want a crowd. We don't just want the money. We want a big night, we want a good crowd, we want a great show. And then uh, we're going to give some tickets to Delta Gamma. My, my sister, Reagan, was a Delta Gamma here at State. So we're going to give some to them. And then next week, I'm going to give some more. So this is a real thing. And what's incredible, too, is I've had so many people, I said, this is what I want to do. Are you kidding me? It's incredible. You know, to me, it's old hat. It's not a big deal. But I, you know, I believe in let's be, you know, let's kind of share when we can. And I remember, you know, working on student newspaper when I was in college and there's all this stuff going on. You cover all these games and things like that, and, and it's a lot of work you got to do. And uh, I'm from the 1900s, so I had to, like, call my stories in. Like, I wrote for the Laurel Leader Call in addition to the newspaper, Jones. And so I had to get up in the morning and call my story in, covering JCJC basketball. So I know the grind. And, of course, the grind today is probably different than it was back then. But I remember – you do so much to make other people do stuff and, and you don't get a lot in return. So I'm going to give those kids tickets. Now they're not free tickets. They've been paid for by many of you. Uh, I had somebody hit me up the other day, bought 50 tickets and said, Steve, I want these in the hands of students. I believe in what you're doing. I support what you're doing. So we're right at a hundred tickets now left and I want to sell them all. And it's not just, again, it's not about me. We want a great show, but we're raising money for Mississippi state's bulldog initiative. And uh, we're approaching $20,000 raised. Now, our goal is twenty-five, And my hope is we get there. But we've already made a pretty significant run at this thing. And we've got a week left, Rock Vegas, a week from today. This time next week, I will be on site freaking out, trying to make sure we get everything done, right? And so I think it's important to kind of understand this is a real thing. And so I've spoken with Charlie a couple times and, uh, you know, after fees, we're already, you know, we're basically, we're, we're, I guess we're about 70% of our goal right now. And so I need your help to get the rest of the way there. So go to the links, Google Rock Vegas, Lillian Axe, or you can find it on all my social media platforms. You buy these tickets, come to the show. If you don't want to come to the show, if you just want to support the endeavor, Buy the tickets, email them to me at srobertson at jeanspage.com. If you forget, just hit me up in the DMs, as so many of you have. It's been a great week. I've had so many people that have reached out and said, hey, Steve, I heard what you said on the show, and I want to support this. 
but I want to make sure that some college kids have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. So we're working together as a family right here. That's the important part of this. There are people that would never be interested in coming to a rock show that are buying these tickets to raise money for the betterment of Mississippi State student-athletes to help them get good at IL deals. And then the tickets that you buy are going to college kids that you don't even know. And they're gonna, they don't even know they're getting the ticket, right? It's just going to be a complete surprise. And they're going to be able to go to a show thanks to you. That's amazing. And so we're going to have some – we'll do some social media traffic when I give these kids a tickets today. And my hope is people will see that and it's like, dude, I want to be involved in that. And you can be because I'm going to do it again next week. And so as we get down, I'm, I'm going to make sure every ticket that's purchased, that's donated, is in the hands of a Mississippi State student. And I'm going to tell them, you know what, I want you to come to the show. If you can't make it to the show, give it to a student that wants to go to the show. Because we want a huge crowd. We want to go celebrate rock and roll in Mississippi and celebrate Mississippi State Athletics. And uh, my buddy Brian Jones, the former singer of Lillian Axe, he's still part of the Lillian Axe family. He was playing uh, in Louisville and um, was down there and was telling people like, oh, that's next week. Like, yeah, that's next week. And so now, that, you know, again, we've talked about it so much, and I think because we've talked about it so much, you know, it rose to the ladder of awareness, and maybe it's kind of creeping down a little bit because you've heard about it so much. Guys, it's next Friday. Next Friday. And so I'm looking forward to, like, when I get this show posted, I'm going to go print these tickets out, and I'm going to go drop these tickets off. And I've already talked to, you know, the, the two organizations that I'm working with, and that's not to say that I won't do more next week with other organizations, I'm, I'm just kind of picking and choosing organizations that I either have a personal connection with or a family connection with. But I, I wanted every deserving student that can to get a ticket. Of course, we're limited in capacity. It's not like we're in a, in a cow pasture somewhere having a festival. But it's been great. And uh, Lilligan's bringing the whole circus. You know, it's not going to be like they're just going to get up on, you know, Hobie stage and just kind of play what you're used to seeing. We're, they're bringing the whole set. It's going to be great. I talked to Ryan Purser from Four Way Stop last night. They can't wait. They're actually playing this weekend in Covington, Louisiana. So maybe if you're staying home and you're there on the North Shore, go check those guys out. And you can find them on all forms of social media at Four Way Stop. And uh, I shared it on my Facebook. But uh, if you want to go hear some good Southern rock and roll, you go see Four Way Stop this weekend. But they'll be in Starville next weekend. And so Twist was originally scheduled to perform at Hobie's this weekend. They made the decision to just wait because they're going to be here next weekend. So rather than play Hobies this week and next week, they want their fans to be able to come to the big show. And so, again, this is a great opportunity, you know, for you to help me raise money for Mississippi State student-athletes. I don't get a nickel from this. this. I'm losing money in this deal. And it's basically my contribution to the initiative to help pay for some of this stuff. And uh, we've had so many great sponsors that have been a part of this. It's going to be a great night. I encourage you to come out and be a part of it. Many of you are going to be here anyway for the weekend to come watch Texas A&M Mississippi State play. Come on out to the show. But you need to get tickets ahead of time because for the first time, maybe in a week or so, I feel really confident we are going to sell out before the day of the show. Now, we say that, you know, but we'll keep you abreast. We'll have these updates on the show and things of that nature. But, um, again, really excited about it, really pleased at how things have gone. And I want to thank every one of you that have been so incredibly supportive. And I've said this before. You know what? Even if you're not in a position to give, I know the tickets are just 40 bucks, and I've had a few people that just buy a ticket and say, you know what, Steve, I'm not in a position that I can give 
a big donation through the initiative, but I can do this. You know what? Those tickets are appreciated. And there's going to be a college kid that's going to have a great time because of your contribution. But I have so many people that said, you know what, Steve, I'm just not in a position to do it. I support what you're doing. I admire your passion, your love for Mississippi State. You know what you can do is you can retweet me. You can share me on Facebook. You know, that didn't cost you anything. But you never know, you may end up selling some tickets for us. And, again, all the money from official merchandising sales and all tickets goes directly to the Bulldog Initiative. As a matter of fact, the way that the accounting is set up, when you buy a ticket, it goes into, you know, I guess, like an escrow account. And then as soon as the show is over, it's direct deposited in the bank account of the Bulldog Initiative. Never passes through my hands, never goes through Hobie's hands. It goes directly from you to Eventbrite to the initiative. So you don't have to worry about that. You know, and that's the situation here is uh, I've had so many people that I've spoke to, and it's like we just, they just don't understand NIL. You know, I don't know that I understand it completely either. But I know this. I know that if we sit back and do nothing, then we're going to get farther and farther behind. And so this is me kind of getting my feet wet again. And next year we hope to do a bigger show at a bigger venue in Starkville to raise even more money for Mississippi State. And I've had so many people that have reached out in the music industry. As a matter of fact, I, last night somebody said, hey, man, if you want to help us co-promote some shows, we'd love to have you. You know, uh, I feel like I've done a good job with this, but in, until we completely sell out, I won't be completely satisfied, right? And it's, again, it's not a vanity project. It's about knowing that we maximized our opportunity to raise as much money as possible for the Bulldog Initiative to help make Mississippi State more competitive in all sports. All right, before we get out of here, uh, let me remind you, too, a couple of PSAs here uh, you know, on behalf of Mike Ritchie. Mike Ritchie works at Mississippi State and does a tremendous job with ticketing. If I ever have questions, they're so easily answered because Mike's a pro. Mike's a true bulldog. Now, Mike tweeted out earlier this week that many people had not loaded their tickets to their wallet, right? You know how to do that on your smartphone? Go ahead and do that. That'll cut down on delays in the lines. There's always, oh, I've already done it. Double check it right now. When you get done with the show, double check to make sure that your tickets for Saturday have been uploaded to your wallet. That way, when you get to the gate, you can just show it. They can scan it, and you go right in. Because it's going to slow things down if you do it and I do it. And, you know, We all got to work together to make sure that this game day stuff works well. Reminder, too, let's know where we're going, okay? Let's know where we're going and uh, kind of understand kind of where things are and how things are going to be. And I think it's important to kind of understand that uh, when it's time to make the move to campus, let's know where we're going. These event management people, as as well-intentioned as they are and as nice as they could possibly be, they don't know where your lot is and they don't know where you used to park. They're just kind of there to make sure that the people that get into their assigned lot are the right people. And so I just encourage you, let's take some personal responsibility, kind of know where we're going to go. And especially these 11 a.m. kicks, I mean, there's not as much tailgating going on, so people are usually kind of coming directly to the game. So there's going to be, again, attendance won't be what it's going to be next week. But the reality of it is there's still going to be a big lot of people going into one area. So let's be smart about it, kind of understand ahead of time that uh, everybody's trying to get to the same place. Leave a little bit early. Afford yourself a little time. Reduce your own stress and anxiety. I think that's an important aspect of every bit of this. Make sure that you're doing your part, right? And I'm not being preachy here. I'm just trying to make sure that we all kind of get get in and get out at a good time. Now, uh, 
again, I think the ball game is going to go the way that you expect it to go. And, uh, again, it's going to be in the heat of the day, so let's hydrate. We're in the middle of second summer, right? You know how, you know how this all feels, right? I would love to be able to have uh, regular fall weather, but I live in the south. And I do think the heat will be a factor on Bowling Green. They even mentioned it in the postgame. But uh, tomorrow's high is 91 degrees, and you will be in the middle of all of that. You know, we're going to have a nice, cool morning. You know, sunrise at 645, it'll be 59 degrees. And then before lunchtime, it's going to be in the mid-80s. So you're going to have to go. Again, don't confuse yourself and overdress because you wake up to a cool morning. And go ahead and start hydrating now. Hopefully this is the last hurrah. Because, you know, we're in fall now, but it still feels like summer. So cooler mornings, but we've still got some pretty difficult temperatures there in the afternoon. Uh, there are many people, too, that have reached out about uh, tickets you know, I encourage you, as always, go through the Mississippi State ticket office to get tickets. You know, it's different when there are sellouts, but there are people out there that would like to take advantage of you. Matter of fact, I had a situation here recently where somebody contacted somebody on the jeanspage.com message boards and got the cash app for the uh, parking pass and then never got said parking pass. And so, and I've seen the, the screenshot that the cash app went through. And so I encourage you, sometimes you have to do that. And we'll help you navigate through that as best we can. But your best option is always going to be to go through the ticket office first. Because if you buy tickets through the ticket office and something goes wrong, Mike and Richie can take care of you. If you buy tickets through a third party and things go wrong, there's no guarantee they're going to be able to get taken care of. And I, I can't count how many times, you know, a few years back when tickets were at a premium and people would show up at a Mississippi State game with fraudulent tickets. I can't count how many times, and mainly it was opposing fans, when we played uh, Alabama, I guess it was here in 15. And we had there was a string of Alabama fans that had bought tickets online and showed up and couldn't get in. And then Mike Ritchie has to make the difficult decision to say, you know what, if you'd bought tickets through us, I'd be able to help you out. But you didn't buy through tickets through us. So those people were out the money. They were out the travel. They were out the expense, out the hotel. Didn't get a chance to see the ball game. So don't let that be you. Go to the Mississippi State ticket office first. Always go through them first. That way there is a, a safeguard should things not go the way that you expect them to go. Uh, but, again, we expect the ball game to go the way Mississippi State expects it to go tomorrow. And I encourage you to come out, be loud and proud. And, students, you know that I love you. And many of you have a lot going on tonight, tomorrow night. And you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to get to this ball game. I'm going to get home and get showered and cleaned up. And we're going to have a few beers and we're going to watch the, uh, the ball games together. And I encourage you to do that. But let's make sure Mississippi State is ushered on to victory before we begin our post-game festivities. And as always, I want to share this with you too. When you're young, man, you feel like you're going to live forever and you feel invincible. And with Uber and with so much these days, there's no reason to ever drink and drive, ever. There's no reason to ever drink and drive. And so my hope is, is that if you do decide to drink, provided you're above the age, right? I'm never going to encourage underage drinking, even though I know I sound like a big hypocrite. But, uh, but the reality of it is, is we want you to be here. We want you to be here to be at Bulldog Games, you know, for the next several decades and for you to bring your own children and pass down the great traditions of Mississippi State to others. So, again, I encourage you, do not drink and drive. There's no reason to drink and drive. There's no reason to go out and get absolutely obliterated and then get behind the wheel of a car. And uh, I've lost friends to drinking and driving. And uh, I've lost friends, of course, to alcoholism. And, and I just share that, too, because I remember when I, when I was 18, 19, I thought, you know, I'm going to live forever. 
and I've got, you know, maybe 20 years of partying ahead of me. And, you know, and maybe you do. Maybe you do. But let's do it responsibly. Let's make sure that we're getting out there and taking care of ourselves. Let's have a plan to get home before we leave home. Let's don't just figure it out. You don't have to be this, uh, you know, this gypsy soul with the gift of wanderlust and just thinking, I'll figure it out. Because I tell you, the homie Sam Dent and I, it was so funny. It's not really funny. It's, uh, it's really kind of sad. But uh, when we went and saw Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns in Memphis in Midtown, which was great, went to Lafayette Music Room, which is kind of a small, intimate venue, but it was great. After it's all over with, you know, we're hanging out with the guys from Faster Pussycat, and uh, I made sure everybody got in an Uber, you know, the, the ones that the other people were hanging with us, made sure everybody was in a car, because I don't drink. And as we're getting ready to walk to our hotel, which is right there across the street, this lady just pops up out of nowhere. It's one in the morning, and she is completely obliterated out of her mind. Nobody with her, and I was like, I'm not going to leave you alone in the streets of Memphis. And so I sat there and pleaded with her for a long time, let me call her an Uber. And eventually she just left us. But it's like, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person that gets lost from your friends and all of a sudden you can't get a hold of them. And apparently there had been an incident and people didn't want to talk to her. Don't know what happened. Don't know the details. But she had no plan to get home. No way to get home. And here we were, two strangers, basically trying to make sure that uh, she got home safely. Don't know if she did or she didn't. No clue. But take some responsibility for yourself. I love each and every one of you. And, of course, I have, uh, you know, my youngest daughter, of course, is a Mississippi State student, and my youngest son will be a Mississippi State student. And so I know how your parents would feel if something happened to you, even if it wasn't life-threatening. You know, there's always something, right? There's always something that goes on. So, you know, we're all young and reckless at some point in our lives, and most of us live through that. But let's ensure that you do by taking responsibility for yourself. And again, have a great time, man. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, when I drank, oh my gosh, nobody had a better time than me, especially the people around me. Uh, and so, again, let's plan ahead here. These ball game weekends can be great. Uh, they're going to be some of the greatest times of your life, but I'll, I'll tell you this, that's not necessarily the greatest time in your life, no matter what other people tell you. Uh, and, I, and I would venture to say, too, that if you found out you peaked in college, it wouldn't be a great life, but these are going to be some enjoyable times and you're going to make friends and they're going to be in your wedding and these are going to be people you count on the rest of your life. So be a good friend to others by taking care of yourself and making sure that everybody in your group gets home safely. And I don't always talk about that on the show, but here as of late, I have seen some things that I wanted to address. I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, but I've just, I've seen and heard some things and I know you young people, you know, it's like we don't always have the ability to reason when we're in our early 20s. But, you know, we love you. And on behalf of your parents and your family and everybody you grew up with, you know, they love you too. And so let's all work together to ensure that we can have a very safe game day and that everybody has a great time cheering the Bulldogs on the victory. If you had not done so, go to dogpilethebook.com. Had a great time at Winona yesterday. Spoke at Winona Rotary. Sold several books. And I want to thank Miss Carolyn Abadi from Book Martin Cafe for coming all the way to Winona. Uh, on the scenic route that sold books for us. We had a great time there. I want to thank those folks for the invite. I will be uh, at Campus Bookmart Sunday from 1 to 4. So if you're still in town, you can come by and see me, and uh, you can get Dogpile, Flim Flim. All five of my books are at Campus Bookmart. But uh, if you're just looking for the sports books, go to dogpilethebook.com, and you can order personalized and signed copies. matter of fact, Brantley Jones recently picked up some books, messaged me to thank me for them. You know, well, thank you, Bradley, and thanks for your contribution uh, to the books. How about that? 
Got a chance to meet him recently. So you can be part of that, too. Go to dogpilethebook.com. You can get all my sports books there, signed and personalized. Get Blims of Oleander. Uh, local bookstores are through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksMillion.com. And Stark Villains gear, always available at StarkVillains.com. I want to thank my buddy Johnny Hayes for uh, recently picking up a Stark Villain shirt and tweeting out a picture of it. And uh, super cool. And, again, of course, that is uh, federally licensed to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. How about that? On the trademark on that. All right, that's it for today. You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Monday. Everybody, let's meet back here on Monday, talk about a Bulldog weekend, and talk about a very interesting weekend in the Southeastern Conference. And, uh, again, Bulldogs expected to win again and move on to 3-1, and one, which is what we all expected, right, in many respects. If we're fair with ourselves, we're probably 3-1 and one, uh, after 4. And so this is where we need to be before we get into a very critical stretch. Just need to get out there and take care of business and get out of this game healthy and get on to the next one. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.